everybody. It's Monday night. Uh, not our usual start time. Apologies. Some technical things here on our end, but we didn't make it. Uh, we are having a show tonight. Happy President's Day. I'm your host, Johnny Torres. This is the Yard Sign. It's the most irrelevant political. Well, I'm sorry. No, it's the most important irrelevant political podcast uh, coming to you from Tampa Bay. And uh, of course, uh, a little light uh, uh, as far as uh, real hard hitting uh, things uh, politically going on, but still plenty to talk about. And we've got a little bit of uh, uh, we have a not a new guest uh, on the panel, but uh, we have someone who's come back after being away for a little while. So we're excited about that. Let's go ahead. And before I get into tonight's topics, we'll get into tonight's guest. Uh, as always, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're going all the way from left to right. Uh, over there, you, you just can't wait. Can't even wait till I turn the camera on. You know me. I don't understand how this is a oh new gosh. thing. I'm sorry. Hi, my name is Anibal Cabrera, and I anchor this seat. Evidently, <laughs> yes. Because Jonathan can't do a proper introduction. Oh my goodness. Well, I would. You know, if you be nice to me, I'll do a nice introduction like I usually do for Jake. Well, if you were an oh please to Jake. Yes. I'm not the face, so I don't get that. But if you wear a decent <laughs> hat, then we might have a decent conversation. A decent hat. Wow. Are you hating on the lightning? I would like. I would like a better hat. Are you hating on the lightning right now? Never. I never hate on the lightning. Wow. I would love a seat. Let it be known that Anibal Carrera hates the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm upset with the Rays, but (laughs) I love the the lightning. And uh, joining us there in the middle seat, looking very nice. Thank you so much for joining us this week, is uh, Mrs. Emmy Stone. Right? Did I get that right? No, I'm married. Well, That's why I said yeah. Mrs. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, just, just want to make sure we kind of get the fan mail right up front. Oh, you know? thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, don't don't want to get too many messages from all the weirdos out there. So, And, uh, <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to segue that into our last panelist because it wouldn't be fair to him. We love having him on the show. He is... Uh, has been a great addition to the show, brings a lot to the table, and uh, that is Christopher Kylan, everybody, joining us now. What, show four, five? I'm starting to lose five. count with this you. This is five now. I'm glad we're losing count. Uh, also, are you insinuating I'm not going to get any fan mail? <laughs> um, no, I, I just didn't want to call you weird. I didn't oh, know. Oh, even worse. We were the first last time. He could have gone with that. <laughs> Well, so again, thank you everybody for watching. We appreciate you uh, tuning into the show. And again, please remember uh, one of the things we want to start focusing you on uh, for everybody who loves this show is to download our uh, podcast here on Apple Podcasts. Okay, you can go ahead and download the show. You can leave us a review. You don't even have to write anything. Just give us five stars. We know you love the show. Leave us five stars. It it improves our ranking uh, and our relevancy there among all the Apple podcasts. And uh, of course, that helps us reach more people in the long run. So we appreciate you being a fan of the show tonight's topics here we go uh daytona 500 uh uh, it's been all over the news uh certainly no shortage of coverage uh good and bad uh from coming out of the daytona 500 which is actually uh running right now um (laughs) thanks to uh florida's news today exactly (laughs) thanks to florida's unpredictable weather uh but luckily the weather held out long enough for us to have something to talk about uh virginia gun ban that may be the biggest national news uh coming out of uh, over the past week and uh uh was it today that they voted on it well, anyways, today, we'll get into that in just a little bit. The New Hampshire primary uh, and uh, the Democratic uh, primary, again, continuing to be a hot mess. Uh, Bloomberg and Clinton, and uh, we'll talk about their association and what might be brewing over in the Bloomberg camp. Life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Attempted suicides. And is there trouble in the White House? (laughs) Is there trouble in the Trump administration with Attorney General Bill Barr? We'll uh, dissect that a little bit. Uh, All for transportation. Gotta love it. Looks like it's going to be a a big fail up in uh, the Supreme Court here in Florida. Uh, But they're already planning for a follow-up campaign, and we'll talk about what that exactly that might look like. And a big event happening in Tallahassee next weekend with the Florida Federation of Young Republicans. We'll give you the scoop on that, on who's going to be there and why you should attend all on this show. So, again, let's go back to the table. Daytona 500. I'm going to work over here while you guys get started on the topic <laughs> in terms of discussing, uh, you know, uh, why it was such a big deal this uh, this week and then this particular year. So, apparently, uh, because of a certain person's attendance, um, Democrats have decided to hate race cars more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, once we this clip rolling here, uh, you'll, you'll see uh, the fun that did unfold. I think it was really cool to have that kind of patriotic showing um, at the Daytona 500. It's been... Uh, in the past, you know, you, you have the Jets, you have maybe some some marching from some of the, the branches, but this was a whole new level. Um, I, yeah, we won't have it yet. Give me a minute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love the fact that it's such a large, technically you could call it the largest Trump rally. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone knew Trump was going to be there. So like a lot of people were making their way down there. The facility holds and they were saying it was over 100,000 people in attendance, 23 million people watching. So I think, I mean, when it comes to attendance, I, it's definitely he's winning in this one. Yeah. I think it was actually really smart for him to go to uh, Daytona 500 because, I mean, he's obsessed with Florida and the fact that he needs to win Florida. And that there was just a huge turnout. And that was a genius move by him. And you know that the Democrats are going to find something to cry about and be upset about over race cars. And now that I'm pretty sure it's full of drunk, white, racist people that, you know. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. I bet you that's going to be next. (laughs) Like, you're going to see stuff like that coming out of the woodworks. Well, everyone knows that the beast is not designed to be in a racetrack, and that's a waste of taxpayer money. <laughs> and uh, everyone is aware that you know the Air Force One it should not have been flown over that many people. It's dangerous, and there could have been a, that was an abuse of power. I feel that we should start an investigation <laughs> yep. to see where that goes. Who made the decision, and yep. was the American people consulted in regards to having that kind of waste? You know it's full of nothing but a bunch of rednecks with their Confederate flags waving in the air. As I well. saw I saw a you lot saw of that. American flags, saw a lot of Trump support, and it's the base. That's 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 like bread and butter for the Republicans. Red meat, haha, pun intended, for the for the base, and that's what he needs to do. We're right now at I think believe it's uh, ninety eight or ninety seven percent of all Republicans are supporting the president, and you watch these morning um, broadcasts, and they're talking about how it's like a cult, and everyone is supporting him because. Because someone was like, oh, the same way that like Kim Jong-il gets 100% of the vote. And they don't understand that, no, he is our guy. He's doing what we asked him to do. He's ruffling feathers. He's the bull in the China shop. And again, I say this all the time. There's some things that do need to be broken in that bull in that China shop. And some things that we might like and might like later on. And we'll put that together again. I don't think America, gets, I know, America doesn't get destroyed in less than four years, please. I just think it's funny how they're always on the hills about calling comparing Donald Trump to, you know, the direct uh, dictator of North Korea and Hitler <laughs> and all those horrible leaders just to, like, scare people as a scare tactic because they think it's worth working. 
Yes. We're convinced it works. Hitler had a dog. Also, Donald Trump likes dogs. Connection? <laughs> I think there is. I think there should <laughs> yep. be a trial yes. and an investigation of the the uh, parallels between dog lovers and socialism. I could take my airplane, fly it down A1A, and no one even <laughs> people would still vote for me. I would have loved to see Air Force One land on Ocean Drive. That oh, would have been gosh. phenomenal. Oh my goodness! Uh, do we have that? Uh, I'm still working on it. Yeah, what's going on with that oh, clip? Okay. We're still working on it. Yeah, but uh, quickly on that note, I mean, it, it is remarkable to see, and, and you know, people are going to assume the obvious, you know, to try and stereotype this, but it was an immense quality, uh, a, a quantity of uh, Trump flags being flown there in the uh, center field at uh, the Daytona 500. It was pretty remarkable. And again, um, you know, him grand marshalling the race, doing the the lap around the field in the beast, you know, giving the command for the drivers to start their engines, all that. I mean, uh, you know, people think that, uh, you know, these gimmicks are very shallow, but I think they're incredibly effective, especially rallying the base. Did you hear the uh, the radio bits from the uh, from the race from the racers in the cars? They actually someone said, "Is he actually going on the track with us?" <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, because they're all thinking how freaking cool that is. Because I don't think it's ever happened before. Any a, president it, has yeah, not done that. It's such a blue collar thing to do. Like it's just showing how. And again, he's a rich guy. He comes from rich families from New York, but he's able to communicate with that portion of the population the same way he's able to communicate with other portions of, of the the electorate. And that's the point. The point is to get these people out to vote because odds are that population that watch NASCAR or that that enjoy that are probably people that don't want to vote or don't care to vote and that really gets them to buy in to the idea of this guy it was at least there. They're not going to say that he's a NASCAR fan, but he at least showed up. And yep. that's that's nine tenths of the law, right? They just show up, <laughs> go to go to <laughs> no, go but, to the but, states that you need to go to. But you joke about that, but I'd say that all the time, especially when it comes to uh, outreach in minority communities. Yes, all you got to do is show up. Yep. Mm-hmm. just be there. Just show up and support and say hi and hang out with people and talk to people. That goes so far. You don't need to know the language or the culture or any of that just be there and support and that goes so far and again when he does things like going to the football championship when he goes you know to the daytona 500 and he's going to do other things like this going to the 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 rally for life uh you know those things those uh just those moments are going to have a huge impact and that's part of the reason why he's above 50 percent in approval ratings and i think there's going to be a landslide come november also isn't the daytona 500 on uh desantis's strip uh, that he used to represent as a congressman as well. Oh, I, I don't know. I think it is. Isn't that Michael Watts now? I don't know the, the I don't know the the state lines for that. But for he was a congressman. I, I think it was that. Part I think of that the was state, um, yes. his his strip as well. Which also, it's DeSantis has a huge base, and he endorsed him. It's, so it's just it's it was going just great. It's a it's, great. A, it's a great decision by, and it looks great on all sides. I wouldn't call this pandering either. I think this is his people. This is people. This is. This is his kind of thing. You could see he, he fit oh, okay. right in. This is oh, not yeah. his kind of thing. Rich, his thing <laughs> Rich is people love race cars. Course. His thing is a golf course at Mar-a-Lago. That's his thing. And don't get me wrong, I don't doubt he would enjoy the same thing he did with football and everything else. You show, which Johnny's right, you show up, you get the points. Democrats are going to hate you because they're going to say you're pandering. Yep. You're ne- Republicans are never going to get away with people saying, oh, you're pandering. It's going to be a thing. It's Democrats hate it when they see these kind of crowds because what do they have? Like the vegan convention in like, Ohio, <laughs> in like Seattle? No, there's like the, 20 people there. The PETA. I the PETA understand. rally. <laughs> I can't understand why they like him. <laughs> 
All right, I do have the uh, the uh, clip yes. here. Hey. Give me one we stalled, second we to pull it up. stalled long enough. You stalled just long enough. Uh, what do you say? What would you think would be the next kind of thing that he that he's going to show up at that's going to have an impact on this campaign? So far, the re, the, the the March for Life was a big. Was The Daytona Five. Gentlemen, start your engines. Front soaking the speedway, a difficult decision, became the only one to make. Dr. Gonzalez. Yeah. Twice. There we go. Do we start again? No, no, no we're good. <laughs> Starting all it's, over again, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know where, I, well, I don't know where it cut off, so, I mean, but as long as the video kept running, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. 
Okay, so we are talking about the Virginia gun law. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We want to say, we didn't say this with the audio, that we think Trump's going to be here oh, yes. in November for the WWE SmackDown because that'd be very, very smart for him to show up to that. In recorded history. Recorded history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look. I mean, it would make sense. I4 Corridor. It's an event in Florida. Corridor. It's got international visibility. Yep. Okay. Um, WrestleMania is is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Well, and it's based, a lot of it's here in the Tampa Bay area. The big training centers are in Orlando and Tampa and St. Yep. Pete. We have friends that and, and friends of the show that are actually like competing throughout the week as their, as one of their main jobs. So it's, it's beloved here and there are a lot of superstars and a lot of old wrestlers that live in the Tampa Hogan, Bay area retired in the air. Batista. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Hogan. I mean... I know, but... He's Batista is awesome. He's, you can see him around town all the time. So it's uh, a lot of fun. Senna, John, isn't, no, who's the other wrestling. one? I don't know his name. I don't do wrestling. I'm not going to pretend that I, I know, know anything about wrestling. You're not pander? <laughs> no. You're not pander to that My group. Caucasianness is not that much <laughs> when it comes to that. All right. So, uh, again, back to the uh, Virginia gun ban. Uh, you know, does... Uh, do you think that this governor, uh, Governor Blackface, and uh, the Virginia legislature <laughs> make another go it for it? It wasn't him. They... He was the guy next to it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which one's worse? Do I they, don't know. Do they make another go at this gun ban, or do they basically uh, just resign themselves to the fact that it's not going to happen? They learned their lesson this time. Um, so? The people have spoken. The nation has spoken. They know that potentially bad things could have come out of this. I mean, it really could have resulted in... Civil unrest at the very least. I don't think the liberals are going to agree with that. They're going to say Russians hacked the state Senate, uh, you know, convention on it and made them <laughs> vote that way. Because there is no way that the great people of Virginia could disagree with a liberal. But the great people of Virginia did vote these people into office. And that's the the consequences of having elections one way or another. The, the Democrats in Virginia took over all three houses, uh, the two houses and the governor's house. And now this is what we're getting. We're getting these far left proposals. Exactly. And they were so scared. And people are getting really upset about that because they're causing so many problems. And I, I know you want to talk about uh, what the rally at, uh, in Charlottesville or no? No, not Charlottesville. You the rally the gun in, valley in Virginia, right? <laughs> in the capital of Virginia. In the capital. Yeah. So what's the capital of Virginia? I don't know. Arlington. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, geez. Oh, Either way, usually um, Jake has like that somewhere. In his no, look. Head. Well, you know, but well, going talking about the rally, the truth is, is that you had thousands of people show up to the Virginia Capitol, all you know, uh, very well um, uh, equipped. Yes, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and unfortunately, somebody made a you know, people were making uh, remarks about the fact that some of them were wearing masks. But this day and age, when you've got you know doxing going on you know and that people are going to call your employer they're going to call your your doctors they're going to call you know people in your lives to disrupt your life simply because you're out there at a protest you know you can't blame them i mean and antifa does the same thing uh they they're they're constantly wearing their black masks and all their black gear the difference uh, is they're violent and they're actively perpetrating yeah. crimes the people yeah. here were all peaceful everyone everyone at this rally held their composure everyone <laughs> they did the complete opposite of what Democrats think Republicans with guns do. Well, do you, did you guys notice how Antifa was not here at this particular one when people were armed and did have they, guns with they them? They are didn't there, show are up. Are and there protest or? members in the South? I don't. I don't know. I think they bust them in. I, <laughs> Portland. Yeah, they didn't bring, them, they didn't bring them in from uh, from DC or anything like that to protest this. So that was actually. <laughs> 
pretty amazing. So do you think the populace of Virginia, Virginia learned from this? Do you think that they're going to look at their voters a little, or their, their candidates a little bit closer in the future? I think Virginia goes red, honestly. I think Virginia goes red or they, they, start, they start leaning red. I disagree with that. I think what you have in Virginia is you have more of your old school Democrats, your old school liberals that are pro-gun rights and are... Um, not pro don't look at me like that but there are some liberals from like 15 20 you know that are kids that are they still like their guns i don't think it's going to go this socialism democrat that we see now that brand i think they're more of that old school but what i'm saying is this is this is a window into what would happen if a Bernie Sanders, well, if a Bloomberg becomes president, that these are going to be national issues. And, and like Virginia has seen this firsthand. What happens when you go too far to the left? When you could have easily piecemealed uh, red flag, you could have easily piecemealed um, um, background checks, things that we, could, we yeah. could possibly agree with, but they go full, they just kick the door in because Democrats don't know any better yep. when it comes to this stuff. And, it, and that shows where the Democrats are going to be when it comes to if they get into the presidency. And if they take back the the, uh, the Senate, and I think that pushes a lot of people to think double think yeah. of who they're going to vote for in November. And I, I do see a red wave of some kind happening in Virginia. Oh, I hope so. So to get into the technical aspect of the bills that were shot down today, <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a semi-auto ban walker, walker. failed. There was a magazine uh, capacity restriction ban failed. failed. Um, there was a red flag law failed. What else? Um, the state, the selling of um, private sales of firearms failed. Sales of okay, yeah. so to me, this is a big deal. Okay, so the semi-auto ban. I carry a seven-round semi-automatic handgun. That, under the current law, that that's a, a micro pistol. It fits in your pocket. This is the most common used pistol for self-defense in America. Um, that would have been abolished. I would have been a felon if I lived in Virginia. If I would own this pistol still, and it was, this is a relatively. Um, anodyne weapon i mean this is something that you know is your last resort um when it comes to the magazine ban uh one of these senators state senators in virginia was talking about uh what happens if you are if you own a magazine that has more than 12 rounds after this law goes into effect it would be a one-year felony for each 12 round magazine you own now for each of my handguns i have about 10 to 15 magazines. You're telling me I would go to jail for life because I didn't turn in my magazine that holds more than 12 rounds? Every single gun I own except for two, which is a certain quantity. I'm not yeah, going to share with that in the air. That's not, not um, information out loud. Only two of my guns, my, my, my really small concealed carry guns, hold less than 12 rounds. Every single standard capacity gun which, well, that, that shows the stupidity of the law itself. It was written by people that don't understand when, when it comes to what kind of guns are out there, the capacity of guns. They're assuming your limitation of the capacity of guns is going to stop an individual from... Again, all of these laws are punishing rightfully... Or, are punishing gun owners that are doing what the law is requiring them to do. You're not going to punish the criminals. You're not going to stop people from shooting up places with these laws. It is virtual signaling, and that's my Correct. biggest problem. If Correct. you were trying to stop something when it came to the background checks and you're trying to stop criminals from getting these guns, that I can get on board with. But you just virtual signaling to your base on these laws that will do nothing but harm law-abiding citizens is where the line needs to be stopped with these individuals and these Democrats. Well, let's like bring this closer to home with our own state bill that's going through our uh, House of Representatives and State Senate with uh, the state bill. What is it? Seventy twenty-eight. Yep, spearheaded by our own uh, Republican senator. 
<clears throat> state senator president Bill Galvano that uh, is my area represents my area man, where that guy I gave live. Gave me a challenge coin. Ooh. I really <laughs> like him because of that. <laughs> well, I I do, what what is your dis, uh, opinion on that? I mean, that has okay. a lot of scandal. You had a Donald Trump Jr. pretty much call Galvano out for taking five hundred thousand. 200 from to one PAC, 300 to another PAC with his um, Innovate Florida for this gun bill. I mean, so it, it's 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 very questionable because then he spearheaded this gun bill. Now we all know that that PAC he uses to elect, uh, he uses to fund other Republicans' campaigns. And let's be honest, Michael Bloomberg, who is a candidate against. Donald Trump Jr.'s father, Trump, you know Michael Bloomberg is not trying to get real Republicans well, into office here. Well, he's where the one that, that funneled millions of dollars into the Virginia races that, that's flipped the state over, and this is what he paid for. He wanted gun legislation to be put onto the ballot, onto the, um, to be voted upon, and that's where Bloomberg's money gets him. He gets to have that kind of say in a state that he does not live in, nor can he vote in, so... Because Bill Galvano also defended taking that money. And so, now you have Joe Gruters that came out and says this is going to fail. He's not voting for it. Do you think it. he took it unintentionally because he knew it was going to fail and he wanted the money? I th- but isn't that even worse? I, I, it looks optically terrible. But do you think it's a smart play politically to get the money? If the money was going somewhere, I mean, the money's going to go somewhere. No, that yeah. is like the devil's money. That yeah, money's, money's got... The money's going to go somewhere. So well, it might yeah, as well he, be given to someone, or at least on our side, that's going to be able to help. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a, I don't have a, a that dog That could hold or flip a seat. Yeah, that could hold or flip a seat. And again, I think he gets to dictate where the money's going. I agree. It looks super shady. It looks horrible. But what kind of money or what kind of Republican are we put like, is he using mm-hmm. to fund into that spot? Like, you guys have, I, like as I t- tapped on before, that Michael Bloomberg is not trying to get real Republicans into these spots like it, that's yeah. not what he's donating it for so he can easily donate have a phone call no, with a wants, couple stipulations yeah, on this those, and where it's going to go it's he, not going to go to a real republican into a real office well he so, wants those republicans and those political uh, people to send that money to if they get that money he's expecting laws to be at least admitted into the house or into the senate and that's what he got again i don't like the idea i think we should not allow, republicans in the state of florida should not allow bloomberg to be manipulating their races or their vote when it comes to donations but again it's difficult to say no to money i'm I'm not i'm not gonna stand i'm not gonna sit here and and be virtual signaling and saying that we shouldn't take the money i'm just saying as an individual no we shouldn't be like you shouldn't be i'm not virtual we should not have taken that money our senator our republican senator president should not have accepted money or he at this point he should have given it back because he took money from someone who's Which trying all the time. to bring, send, is trying to to bring down our current president. You know what? It teaches a lesson as constituents to watch who what, you vote for. Into, no, watch, watch what comes into the packs. Watch what comes into the packs. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly to what get it into is. the substance of the bill. So as a gun owner and a strong two A advocate, there was some good things and some bad things. The first portion of the law, I read the entire law, all nine pages. Uh, you're welcome, viewers. Uh, <laughs> a snoozer, huh? The first portion of the law was somewhat of a red flag law, but not really. It required uh, medical practitioners, uh, EMTs, psychologists, paramedics, to report if someone was a, if someone had threatened themselves or another with lethal force. Um, I'm okay with that because I think in certain instances, when you have you know, law enforcement agencies that are suppressing these kind of call-outs, you're having them basically go into diversion programs like some of the the Parkland guy. I won't call him by name because he's a piece of trash and he doesn't deserve that. Um, But when you have something like that and you have these programs, 
the paramedic is legally obliged to report that to Nick's or someone who has uh, contact with the Nick's background check system. So but here's I, what I would ask you, though. How effective if we give law enforcement questions or something to go by to determine if someone is a threat or not, if they have guns and if they should if their guns should be taken? Let's take um, Heidi that was thrown over the bridge in 2015. Okay. Uh, her father met with law enforcement hours before. They have three standard questions. Mm-hmm. You know where you're at. Are you going to hurt yourself? Like if they determine that mm-hmm. there's nothing that they can do, then there's nothing that they can do. And then they could still go out and this is toss un- children off of bridges. So it's like it's just like that. That's the problem. Yeah, okay. It's like even if we make law enforcement do more, how thorough is it? It's only in the in the case that someone verifiably in, in front of multiple people says they're going to hurt themselves or hurt others. That's the only condition that would be met to, to make this a required reportable incident. Um, but how I, I do, like but it's just like how often? I mean, it would have stopped. Mo- the dirt bag from Parkland. I think, yeah, one, I think a lot more research is going to be needed on this on this conversation in regards to the red flag laws because it's something that scares a lot of people well, because it's easily manipulated. It, you oh, would assume, I agree. Well, but you the, would assume it could be easily manipulated and then used as some form of like retaliation on other people oh, yeah. by people calling in saying, "Oh, my neighbors," blah blah blah, and like you automatically get that someone kicking down the door because there was a red flag. Alert. I would say. But I, with the problem with Nicholas or the Parkland shooter, dirtbag. sorry, dirtbag. dirtbag. I apologize. Is um, local and state and federal law enforcement were not doing what they should have been doing anyway. They he had their was hands re- on the legislators. Well, he was being. He was reported to the FBI. He was reported to local law yeah. enforcement. He was. Re- there was several strings of him being reported to the schools to several layers of some court of enfor- some kind of enforcement that could have done something with the laws on the books right now, yeah, and they didn't follow but them. That's also so how is Addie Moore going to make that any better? But that's also one county but doing how, that, and so it, it how, was a very and it, it was a very so anti government sheriff that was running that county and that was pushing uh, his ideology on his on his police and on his policemen and um officers so i think what i agree with both of you so i'm I, just curious I like, how would the I like state the, I, bill i like the it, idea of red flag laws but i also believe it can be it can be manipulated and shouldn't i don't even think they would pass mustard when it comes to con- unconstitutional yeah. i think you get a big push back from uh, certain um groups saying that i think it's unconstitutional but be able to take someone's um someone that hasn't been deemed as a threat to themselves because that itself takes a while for you to get that medical diagnosis so if you if you could narrow this down to only if a paramedic, EMT, or mental health specialist visibly themselves, first person, saw this person threaten themselves or another person, would you agree with it? If it was only that and it was only first person well, verifiable. If someone, okay, if, if a paramedic walk on a scene and they see someone acting crazy, like they're going to like hurt themselves, then they do a mandatory 72 um, Baker Act. Yeah. yeah, so I don't understand how this state law is going to do anything. They're going to pull, put it into a mandatory 72 Baker Act, and then they're going to make more determinations at that point. It's just like you're – I just don't like giving government workers the, the right to officiate, like, how – if and I'm then, okay. Yeah, I, don't I don't want them to, to determine my mental state is a threat to myself and others I don't think in we need the any sense more I don't think we need has to, though. of, but like, extra think... layers. Like, the state bill that, that's being proposed, if – let's say hypothetically – how, if it was active, how would that have prevented the uh, Parkland shooting? How would it have been applied to the Parkland shooting, and what difference would it have made? One of the ten times that they were at that guy's house. That I, well, that was have, with their but, current laws. That's the that could that's have what done she's something. saying. That okay. Is there really a necessity to bring new laws into the system? When we just when we don't. Have, okay. when we have laws that we're already not working. They're no longer. They're not working themselves out through the system itself. They're not yeah. enforcing them right yeah. now. How about we just enforce what we have right now and see how that works? Yeah. yeah. I mean, before I, we I add more, Johnny. <laughs> 
No, well, I was just going to bring up points that we made before the show started, which is, again, the the Broward County Sheriff's Office was intentionally suppressing crimes and other other delinquencies by juveniles because of grant money that they were getting from the federal government, uh, federal or state government. They were getting all this grant money, and so they were suppressing and fixing the statistics uh, so that they would continue to qualify for that money. So, you know, similar to the problem that St. Petersburg is having in regards regards to noise ordinances mm-hmm. you, you there's no sense in enacting new laws if you're not enforcing the laws that currently exist let's try what currently exists what it, what's currently in place and if that's not working then we move on to adding things and filling those gaps and fixing you know those, those loopholes okay so um just to quickly go over the other substance of the bill we'll go over that as quickly as possible the other provision in there was banning private sales of firearms in public places um, this is kind of stupid. If, if we're actually looking at this bill as a, a means by which to prevent mass shootings, approximately zero mass shootings have occurred because of a private sale in a public place. It's it's yeah. statistically irrelevant. It doesn't. This is this is dumb. This basically prevents me from selling you a gun, even though I know you're not a felon. Mm-hmm. E- even if I see you have a concealed weapons permit, the provisions included basically you have to have. If if I don't know you and I want to sell you a gun, I have to make you fill out a form that you say I meet the requirements and you sign it and get no, get it notarized and adds twenty five dollar costs to the process. That, so it. what does that prevent? Nothing. Nothing. You lie in the you lie in the, the form. I'm, yep. And you have a gun now. Well, you know how no, you know how you know how on the internet you have to click yes I'm under seventeen or over seventeen. They're gonna yeah. act like a sixteen year old can't figure that out. What websites are you going to I, that yes, you need I'm to click a button? 17. There's plenty of them that pop I, up. I, I'm not gonna do a website where. What, what websites are popping up <laughs> on your computer? But this, you know how you have to like say that you're above age or below age. Like with Apple, you have to be above eighteen. Oh, I'm not. An, I'm not an Apple person, so I have no idea. gambling. But the private sale loophole. Private sale loophole is a scare tactic that the left uses every single time that gun uh, legislation comes up because it's it's easy to scare people with the idea that I can sell uh, my next door neighbor a gun and nobody would be the wiser and and again the simple fact that it's a gun and that you can commit a violent act with it again scares people whether or not the two individuals in that process uh, go through the proper channels to make sure that they are legally abiding uh, individuals allowed to own a weapon. Democrats yeah. shoot themselves in the foot every single time they try to pass. Oh, you miss the part where they douse themselves in gasoline, light themselves on fire, and shoot them in the foot. They, like, like they, they do this every single time. If they would far. just be not crazy and not overwhelming and not try to throw everything into it, I think we could easily find middle ground when it comes yeah. to red flag. When it comes to strengthening the laws or requiring departments to actually do their jobs, when it comes to that and not fudge the numbers just so that yeah. they get uh, a grant. And that's where it comes to having that kind of conversation with Democrats and other uh, political leaders and community leaders when it comes to what is working, what is not working. Do we need to pass something? that Which means that we should remove something. Doesn't yeah. mean, and we shouldn't always be wanting to add more bureaucracy, more departments, spend more money. I can agree with that. Like For every, every regulation you put in, take out two that aren't working. If adding in that yeah. um, state bill was put that one in and take out these other two with uh, um, how we do local background yeah. checks and enforcement, yeah. I would be good with that. Trump is doing I don't that like now. Layering, Trump is doing that now. I don't like the well, layers that we're for adding. For every one regu- uh, regulation is becoming out, they're now taking out seven. And like that's the purpose of it. Reducing government. There's no need for so many additional departments of things that we're already doing. Or even, again, there's no need for the government to continue to grow. If you're doing your jobs accordingly, I understand people retire, you hire more people, 
the expanding of the government of the population, you need more people. But that enormity of just building departments just because we can is ridiculous. Especially when they don't work. I mean, so oh. if you, I, I uh, spent a lot of time studying the, the mass shooters and to see if there's a fault in our system. I, as a responsible gun owner, want to make sure that we can't give it a, be given a black eye because of what's going on. Ninety mm percent -hmm. um, of the shooters fr from all these mass incidents, Colorado, Texas, the guy from the Air Force that had uh, he couldn't be put on the NICS list because it was an Air Force crime, not a civilian crime. Yeah. Parkland, Virginia, they all pass background checks because the background check system is broken. Mm -hmm. You have psychologists that aren't reporting things. The guy in Colorado was crazy. He had a psychologist reporting him, and he bought a gun the weekend because the, the psychologist let the, the um, adjudication where he should have been barred from owning a gun sit in his desk over the weekend. So he bought a gun and killed people. See, and that's why... The, the, the other thing, too, with adding like the department layers of stuff is that you're looking for a department, like a departmental breakdown of workers because you have people don't realize how complicated government regulation is. Like, oh, yeah. think about it. If if a, a doctor would have to call this person who would then have to write a warrant that would have to file it at the mm -hmm. clerk's office to have it signed by a judge who is brought by some assistant and then it has to be submitted or sent out a, to this. Like you are when you add more and more and more and more things and involving more and more and more different departments, it makes it so much more complicated yeah. and you're asking for a problem you're asking for a lawsuit you're asking for it to fail if, if you want to fix mass shootings fix the Knicks background check system and how it's failed us so far take notes as to what has already happened so uh, last provision from SB 7028 this is the most egregious and this pisses me off about uh, Galvano letting this through into a legislation is it requires all firearms not carried on your person in your house if you have a minor in the house if you're if you don't have a gun locked up you're a felon so, that's think a huge about this. One. You want to defend. You want to defend your home. You're not going to go into a gun safe when someone breaks into your house. You have a B and E, or you have a, you know a, a robbery taking place. You're not going to unlock your gun. You're going to a place in your house where there's a gun sitting in a drawer, and you kill that person. I will push back a little bit because I know a lot of responsible gun owners that own guns that have children in their houses, and because they have children in their houses, they've elected to have a gun safe. Now that's a is, choice. And that's that is, a that, choice. I'm saying it is a choice that they're making that to be responsible gun owners being able to put it into a place that it requires some another level of security. I'm not saying But doesn't that, that disarm keep, you in your own home though? But what I'm saying is if you're you're gonna be sleeping with your with your gun and your rifle on your side on your sleep Absolutely.
watching and making sure that you can actually hear us when we're going on our 42 minute rant about the <laughs> second amendment is it that long it's been a while uh we're 41 minutes we'll, and we'll, so we'll sorry about that. the audio <laughs> yeah we'll it's switch really, yeah topics. not sure what's going on <laughs> the application which just makes like all right so imagine i'm at home watching tv with my with my kids and i have a gun in one of my side tables I can take it and put it away when I'm going to sleep and the kid has access to it, but if I have that gun unlocked with my kid in the house and I'm right next to that kid, I can be I can go to jail for that. Okay? So if the law had passed, what I'm saying yeah. is we are the majority of gun owners are good, responsible citizens of society. And they're the ones that are doing what they need to do. Marginal cases. Yes, they're, you, they're using yes. to argue abroad is the is like that one particular instance was so, a marginal case that saying. they're trying to use. It is. A, it is. A, these are a majority of them are responsible people that are doing what needs to get done to ensure the safety of their home, of their family, and that they're not a danger to others. And again, I would I would assume all those individuals are putting their guns in a particular place when they're not at the home or they're not on carry. So that's all. I, I, that's all we should. I don't know what else you want to talk about. You no, look like you I, want to keep on going. No, no. Yeah, he's on like, we'll talk after the show because there's things, second, that, wow. there's things that I'll tell rant. you that I wouldn't tell anyone else ever. I'm not expecting you to tell me your, your gun count no, 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 or no. the location no, no, no. Of, of the back cave entrance. I mean, like these are the kind of things <laughs> that we, we don't talk about. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> I do think that's the loophole, though, that's missing to hold gun owners accountable is that in this case, for example, that happened out here in Lithia in uh if if a child comes across a weapon and he commits a crime, be it a murder or anything else, then the gun owner, the parent, should be held equally responsible for the caliber of that crime. And I think that's where you you make parents and gun owners second guess how exactly they are taking care of their weapons. See, I would kind of argue with that or add the caveat is that that was a Tampa Police Department officer and it was his gun and it was his home but it was not his child that took that gun and then shot that it's, child it's still, it's still his, his negligence i but i i understand that but you're still like what did that kid just break into his room and start going through all of his stuff when those other kids weren't paying attention that's what i'm asking because still like, his negligence it doesn't matter that gun should not have been accessible to those kids i, I think that i think there's gonna be more details that are gonna come out about that i see i'm withholding my judgment on that i could totally see where you're coming from no i i no, but no, i'm I, going I, to I, until, I all, until everything is out until everything is out we read the entire situation that goes along with that i'm gonna withhold that opinion yes it's easy to jump on the bandwagon and be like he should be held accountable but i want to see everything that no, led up i to think that. what johnny is saying that anyone is if his, if his room was locked if his room was locked if his room to his bedroom was locked so the kid kicked considered? open the door like that, i'm just saying is that considered are, him being those are the conversations well, that we're it, able it, to put into it, that's what comes into the legislation it, yeah, that's, that's, that's for the, the legislation yeah. to decide well, to yeah. what extent what to what measures did they have to prevent that weapon from being accessed? I, I'm think, just saying. Like, do I think his, a bedroom being locked is sufficient? But, that, no. but, but it depends no. on who. If you're going to say it was behind something locked, my door was locked and the kid broke in. So then, if it's sitting on the kitchen counter, then you're. If, if it was sitting in, I locked the door to my bedroom. It is underneath my bed to the right in this thing. Like, uh, um, yeah. Look, I don't. I don't think that's like, sufficient. To me, that's like that's he did do. Dil 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 if that bedroom was locked, no, to me a bedroom. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, to me a bedroom being locked is is not sufficient. But again, that's for the legislature to decide. But I think that's the loophole, and I, I think that's yeah. how you prevent some of these things from and happening. And Roberto, I completely agree that a kid. I, I, that's the conversation. Anyone that wants to get something is probably is going to figure out a way to get that gun. If they know the a gun is in the house, they're going to be looking for it. And so any kid at that age is going to figure out a way to get into it. Again, I learned how to 
unlock certain doors in my house at a young age. I mean, all of us have done that when we were kids. Taking so, a knife and jiggle it. Right oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, <laughs> kids will figure out ways to get into anything. That's why it's so important for gun owners that have children that they figure out a way to secure those those um, those weapons. Now, look, okay. My dad had a gun. I never saw it. I, I couldn't tell you till this day what or that gun looked it. like. Never I, saw it. I know exactly where my father's machete is. That he kept. <laughs> <laughs> For oh as non-rural like he is, he still drove around now, with the machete. Now, was that state ban? Did it just refer to firearms or any kind of weapons? Would, yeah, would my father go, to, go to jail firearms? for okay. like, driving around with like a straight-up machete, like the back of his truck? No. 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 And that would cause a lot of damage also. Well, that's what London's getting to. Oh, yeah. So they're getting there. They're starting to ban knives, literally banning knives. All right, you guys, thank you again for watching The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. We appreciate you. Our numbers look fantastic. We love all the comments. Uh, Quick shout-out to, let's see, Amanda, Mayor Waters, uh, Mayor Seminole's watching, Uh, Cody, uh, Jason, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who's watching tonight and uh, giving us feedback. We apologize for a little bit of the audio issues we've been having but uh of course the new hampshire primary continues to add to the mess uh that is the democratic <laughs> primary so uh Nebel's gonna give us some foundation and we'll take that topic from here well johnny the hot mess that we call the democratic party at the moment is running straight for the wall of a contested convention which i am looking forward to like a fat kid oh already there <laughs> needing a snickers i love what's happening right now and i feel like so like no one else reported what they thought was going to happen with the new hampshire primary I, of course, did because I always come prepared. And my numbers were, like, perfect. When it came to that, Bernie Sanders, number one, Budachet, number two, uh, Kobachar, uh, Elizabeth, and then Biden, fifth. I love the collapse of the Biden campaign. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. I can't wait to shed a tear when he actually call, like does the official I'm out of the race because then we can't see like hey, grandpa hey, anymore. You guys, you I don't know if you remember, but my very first <laughs> he time. He probably could do more than me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> At my very first podcast here back in July, I said Biden will not have the nomination. Oh, yeah. I I'm said have to look it, that I called one it back then because, you know, right now you can't think of that. That impeachment thing was horrible. For Biden, because yeah. now you can't mm-hmm. think about that impeachment without thinking about um, Biden's son, yeah. and I bet you the, uh, all of their those Biden supporters are jumping boat to the. Uh, what, and I remember talking things, about. Oh, sorry. No, I was just to say one of the things I want to do is bring back clips from previous shows <laughs> so that we can like kind of validate the, these kind of things. I know. I, re- I, I, I remember did. that conversation, that. and we and with I, your guys, donations, we can hire a producer to do this for us. No <laughs> donations I, in the Patreon. I, yeah, I was like, someone disagreed with me. I was like, no, where so, they're at right now, I don't think he's got the um. So the, I remember that conversation because I got into it the fact that he has always been like the the good old boy and like he's always like the blue collar guy writing the Amtrak we had the whole conversation about Amtrak and I'm like yeah and his son is sitting on the board collecting God knows how much money and then we find out like how big of a deal this became and how so many of the children of like the people that work in Washington DC that swamp that sit in these like these cushy boardrooms and are collecting thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just sitting on a board and we all know that is just the nepotism that Americans hate and that's constantly what's happening okay real quick though so right now I believe so. It is the technically Budacek is in the league when it comes to delicate count. Yes, and by then one. right, yeah, right by one, and then right under that is Bernie, and then I think Elizabeth Biden, and then Klobuchar is in that lead. I will say this nationally, Bloomberg is in third. 
with 14.2%. Uh, Biden's at 192 The The collapse of Biden is so much in the it's national. Coming. It's coming. Um, well, and, and how much? 4.4 points up in the national, uh, national. I think this is the first week he's officially on top of that board. Do you or do you not think there's a uh, clomentum? <laughs> I think so. I know. I, I think everyone I just wanted is to use that. I heard it. I think I heard it today on another Biden podcast. Camp and, and they're jumping on uh, Biden or they're Colby. Colby. Yeah. I think she's the safe bet. I think I she's the safe bet for the moderate Democrats. Well, she's because not, she's, she's because not getting it, in the, and she's not getting it in Nevada, and she's not getting it in New Hampshire. But who's left? Who's the moderate? Right? She's the only no, moderate Buddha, left. No, Buddha. Peter Jack's not. He's no, he's not. not. He I have some Democrat friends a, watching. He he's trying to play that moderate, but he is he's so not far a moderate. to the left. It's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. He's not moderate. So right now in Nevada, because okay, so the next primaries that are coming up is Nevada, which I'm looking forward to because that's going to be a, a show like real quick okay. because of the way that they're going to be doing their elections as well as they did in Ohio in Iowa so I think that's going to be a fun race to watch and see how that falls apart if my Democrat friends are still watching comment <laughs> be, comment yeah. below seriously I want to know who you want to win and why um, do you think Bloomberg is gonna come from behind and take this thing do you think Buttigieg, Buttigieg sticks yes Bloomberg is gonna take well it's gonna be a war they're already I saying he's already. bought he's they're already saying he's bought the primary Yes, I mean, I've already, said, I've they're said just this, declaring it. I've this said point. this multiple times. Yes. It's Who, going, is that Bloomberg? Bloomberg, yeah. Oh, it's hi. going to be no, a Buttigieg, fight between the socialist Democrat and an American oligarch. That is going to be the fight at the convention. Again, we're just wasting time for the next four months yeah. of this because they have to get to like almost like 1,900 delegates and we're only You're at like 23, like 21, 21. 22 it's going to be something. So, so great. So again, November, okay, so February 22nd is Nevada's caucus and then February 29th is South Carolina. Carolina, and then Super Tuesday, March 3rd, and that's going to be a cluster because there are 16 states that are going to be going after that one. States and territories. Oh, I'm so excited. And they they were geniuses and made uh, our primary on St. Patty's Day. Everyone's like, can you imagine how, well, how you many Florida mans are going to come out to the polls <laughs> that day? Whoever has the most leprechauns wins at the this primary. Point, <laughs> why do they not have a reality show just at the polls for oh, the St. Patty's so. Day? In we Florida? can do it live. That would be. I a think there's a live. I think there's a live broadcast on like uh, from the a Panhandle. I think that would be amazing. Oh no, they God. need a Florida man story. <laughs> That's what you guys should do. Oh, we're going to give them a Florida man story. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do a live primary show. Oh my gosh but yeah so now the conversation is that if uh, if bloomberg is gonna have hillary clinton on as his running mate which i love that theory that's never gonna happen because i think bloomberg has enough security to yeah. ensure his safety so <laughs> enough I, sense to secure his safety <laughs> oh are we jumping over to that already oh my God, i think we, yeah, we can do it oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. i, I honestly think like this is my theory about that i think that was really smart of him to kind of get those rumors going oh, to yeah. see the it's feedback a, yeah it's a, because it's a test I, think, I think he was doing that to see what kind of support he could get back from a lot of people that still feel like she's the madame president and she should be whoever she is I think that was just smart to see what kind of feedback he'd get because you do know they all live in their own little bubble. They all live in, you know, they, they think they're right about everything. And you know she still wants to be president, right? I think she's... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. She is president. You know, you know first, how that happens? He'll be the first president Bloomberg to ever dies. commit suicide. <laughs> like, the first sitting one. Die in a helicopter, an accident of some kind. He'll be the first one ever. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, first of all, i got to give myself props on the little Epstein prom picture that I found. Epstein didn't kill himself, guys. Uh, 
you know, Bloomberg and Clinton. But I think this is Bloomberg's appeal to the establishment because he sees the writing on the wall. Biden's done. The establishment needs to get behind somebody else that that can potentially give Trump a run for his money. Supposedly, Bloomberg has hired not only a narcissist expert, but also <laughs> a, um, a oh, what was the other expert. one? Like a sarcasm expert or like or a comedy writer. Hey, the, oh, basically the comedy to try well, yeah, to try and go toe to toe with a lot of the the president's snarks. Like if, if Bernie They're, wins, you legitimately might have a president that might die no, of natural Bernie, causes. Bernie's not gonna win. Bernie the already had a heart attack on the trail. Bernie Whoever if he gets the, the nomination, I'm really curious at who his VP is going to be because they screwed him over once. He's not like let him 85 go. years old. Well, he's the irony, 80, he's not 85. He's like 82. He's the not irony, he's, 80s, his 80s. he's not in his 80s. Yes, he is. Well, no, we did. We have. We've had, had this conversation. conversation. He's not in his. 80s. He was 72. No, he was like 78. 78. Only they were okay. away. So <laughs> we, we had this conversation. He'll be 86 if he serves all he's, eight years. Oh, right. So, but again, it goes back to show you uh, he's that gonna die. You know. I <laughs> The fact that they were trying to build that narrative. No, they were trying to build that narrative around John McCain. They were trying to scare everyone Which because of Sarah Palin that yeah. that what if John McCain dies while in Can office. Can you imagine if Clinton and came out as Bernie's running mate? That'd be... No, she's going to be a Bloomberg She's not going to be someone's running mate. It'd be a legitimate She's either at the top of the ticket or she's nothing. That, she's not going to go around. No one that's run for president... Ha- well, Joe Biden, never mind, actually. <laughs> Joe Biden has run eight times. No, look... That. Bloomberg Clinton is the establishment ticket. That's it. That's the establishment ticket. Yep, now that true. Biden is tanking, Bloomberg Clinton is the establishment ticket because it's the only way that they think they'll be able to defeat Trump There's because it's going to take the money. Uh, it's going to take the hypocrisy um, and it's going to take the the establishment that the, the power, the influence that the Clintons have. If Biden falls in South Carolina and falls in California, because right now he's head to head in California with Sanders and he is about seven points up from Sanders in South Carolina. If he holds that then he's in it for the long term because he can show that he has momentum with the african-american and the hispanic communities which biden or which uh bernie and um uh, pete Buttigieg and amy court have z- almost zero percent of the black vote and so that's where you see that in nevada you see the minority votes in nevada in south carolina and that's where you're going to see what's going to happen i think at the end of the day i mean betting odds bernie still has a 6.5 percent lead in that situation but i wouldn't be surprised if biden gets um, knocked out in Nevada and knocked out in, San- in South Carolina, he's gone. War- Elizabeth Warren, I don't even know why she's still in the race. Yeah. Why are you in? The- you are yeah. taking air from the campaign, and you really just need to get out and just move on. Go back to some part of New England and write another cookbook because now you're Amer- you're English. It's the arrogance. So, it's it the arrogance. No, it's the nar- it's her narcissism. Her Quaker heritage she and, how, and her Puritan heritage. You cookbook. wrote you wrote about like making recipes for the Indians, and now you should make one for the it's Quakers. It's her narcissism. It's her arrogance, uh, and the fact that she's a habitual liar, yes. and and she's fooled everybody into thinking also that she's a progressive. When again, just about what twenty years. Years ago, she was a Republican. Um, she likes school you know, choice. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the woman is a fraud from end to end, and she was basically has shown that she will say and do anything to get elected. Uh, whereas, look, credit where it's due. As many people have said, you know, on this podcast and others, Bernie has always been singing the same message. You know, you, all these videos that are going around about him praising Russia, him praising uh, Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. 
That's been him all along, Nothing and he's still changed. doing that. He's not changed Nothing in changed. all after all these decades. Now, what is I think going to hurt Bloomberg, especially when it, when when the the hand gets real heavy, is all these videos that are coming about out about Bloomberg bashing minorities, bashing women. Part of the reason he he made this Clinton announcement was because now there there are women coming forward who have worked in uh, for Bloomberg in various uh, parts of his organization, talking about what a horrible environment uh, it that uh, he created for women to work in. I would like to say these are all alleged allegations and that allegedly the, the campaign released this information. They can sue me. I got nothing. Yeah, we're going to... You know, I got your back. Don't worry. You don't have to say alleged. <laughs> For everything Please, the best thing that could happen in my career would be for Bloomberg to come after me. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah, it would be phenomenal. Yeah, oh, my God. We get viewers. sponsors if that would happen. <laughs> in a heartbeat, we get sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ready for the next one? Or? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, no, I think on. we're done with this. At the end of the day, I think it's going to be a long road, and we're going to have plenty of ammo <laughs> since we continue to take shots at the Democrat primary electorate as they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Oh, by the way, Bernie Sanders... Of the, because he's been in the Senate forever. I think he's proposed like 400 bills. He's actually got nine of them passed, only three of them have become law. For all the years that you've been working in government and you've only passed three laws, that's ridiculous. He does nothing for the people that, of whatever New England state that he lives in. I wish the news channels would keep, like, kind of like how the sports channels do with like quarterback ratings. Oh my gosh, yeah. I wish they would phenomenal. do like an effectiveness rating, you know, no, based on they, how, many, how much legislation. That. No, because that's a great passed. idea. Yeah. That's the truth. It's a great though. idea. They'll never do it. That yeah. shows how nope. the ineptitude of these politicians and showing, like, look, your guy does nothing for you. Well, he, he fights for my rights. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, I can do the same thing. I can stand in front of a podium and talk a bunch of crap and still it's nothing actions. happens. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's actions action. when it comes We're to practicing. Like, I hate to, like, I'm not trying to bash a Republican, <laughs> but look at politics. John McCain. I mean, he was a senator for how long? And he was just a lot of this. First and of all, John McCain is a saint. So let's, let's, let's calm down. Is he becoming the Oh, you're going to get some fan mail. <laughs> we had a good comment by Hector Gonzalez about Bloomberg. Uh, a video was uncovered from 2016 where he said anyone can farm or anyone can be a machinist. Um, as a machinist, and that's not my profession, it's part of what I learned to do in school, um, he said that anyone can put a piece of metal in a lathe, press the button, and make the metal go in the right direction, in the direction of the arrow. It was a huge insult. Like, People I know in the machinist community were super pissed about it. They were really offended. Like, it takes hundreds to, of hours to get started yeah. in machining. It takes thousands, 10,000 hours to become a master at machining. Uh, to, to see him say things like that about farmers and so machinists. Lightly. They don't know. So they don't lightly. know. Yeah. And that, it, it shows the disconnect. Well, the one, that, those are blue collar heartland jobs that people are working in. These are jobs that people put like their blood, sweat, and tears in. And you're just just washing that away with the, one simple backhanded comment thinking that you're smart because you're sitting in a $5,000 room in the, Washington, D.C. That's the, the ignorance and the uh, that's what pisses off Americans. The dumb part is like half of that's farmers right. and half of machinists, maybe not exactly, they're Democrats. See, yeah. that's where the voters that disenfranchise voters come around. Like a lot, like the left and the right did that for years, and then Trump mm -hmm. came along and be like, "This is a bunch of bullshit." Whoa! Amy's bringing the heat tonight. I like it. Yeah. And that you know, and that's really what attracted people to him is that kind of talk. Because yes, it is like 
Again, he's a yeah, he's a rich New Yorker that was able to communicate well with like Midwesterners and like the Rust Belt and what's happening in other parts of the country. So he's doing he does he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, he's barely gotten into this race and he's already managed to piss off about half of the base of the Democratic Party. You know, the only thing saving his ass right now and uh, you know, just to piggyback on Amy there is his is his bank account. Yeah. You know, and and he is. He's probably going to buy this this uh, nomination. Let him, let him. Uh, because 30%. I think the establishment. At the end of the day, the establishment would rather have Bloomberg than Bernie Sanders. But the yeah. establishment is not going to win this election. The establishment of the Democrat Party does not have enough votes to kill to not, overwhelm Republicans and independents. Look, look at who they have up there going against Trump. Trump is going to mop them the floor with them. Oh, I can't during wait. those debates. He won't be the no, funniest. He won't. He's gonna they'll, follow do him around. they'll do one debate. They'll do one one debate. He's if it's gonna, Bloomberg, it's one debate. He's going to follow him around and go, wrong. <laughs> wrong. All right. Wrong. After everything they say, we it's going to be a mess. We're going to get out of the weeds on. in this one. <laughs> but that was good. good input. That was a fun one. <laughs> well, for someone wearing headphones, it wasn't. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Amy. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm messing with you. I'm just ribbing you. No, he's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, everybody, for watching. It's the Yard Sign. Again, please remember to subscribe to us. Or give us a review. Give us five stars, please, if you don't mind, on the Apple Podcast platform. We're trying to build up our audience. On the audio version of the show, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring up our table of contents here uh, for today. And uh, Attorney General Bill Barr. Kind of rocking the boat at the White House. Uh, you know, he's getting one. a lot of heat yeah. from both sides, not only from uh, the Trump uh, administration, but also uh, from, uh, you know, the media, uh, people out in the public uh, about his role uh, in intervention when it comes to the uh, trial against Roger Stone. Uh, uh, do you think he gets away with this, or is this going to turn into the kind of de facto next controversy for the Trump administration? I think this is impeachment 3.7. <laughs> and the reason why I say 3.7 is because they weren't even done with the news cycle before they already started talking about, well, there needs to be an investigation of what came first, <laughs> the tweet or the decision. And, like, and that's the stupidity of it all. I will say this, that I am very surprised of how much time was given for the crimes that were alleged that that allegedly um, Roger Stone committed, and they're saying it was witness tampering, obstruction of office proceedings, and then five counts of making false statements. And to think about the amount of things that like the Democrat like FBI agents and things like that that they Andrew were lying, yeah, the lies that he was giving on like in TV, like they were doing live. Um, um, court reviews and like he's lying to everyone he knows he's lying but he gets away scot-free and so it was just the stupidity of it all we all knew that trump was going to tweet about it i think uh, i agree even though i find it quite en enjoyable and amusement over the trump tweets i think this is one of the situations where you are making it more difficult for the attorney general oh yeah to he's, do his he's job. making it worse for him but yeah. is he wrong are they gonna not go after him is he, he do this? is he wrong no he's not Trump isn't wrong for what he said. I think not, seven to nine years is ridiculous of uh, of, uh, of amount of time. Put six months in the guy in jail. And I think Trump would have been like, oh, that's so ridiculous. But now you have a situation to where Trump made it more difficult for the attorney general to do his job and give a leniency report on it. I think one of one of I think Roger Stone. I think they accuse him of threatening to kidnap someone's dog. dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like seriously, like 
Oh my gosh. And, and that was all like on a tweet or like a video or something. He wasn't even in person with the person. So it's like because you did that you were you were tra- you were threatening a witness. And, and think about tampering. being charged with making a false statement. How many times have you said something that someone could say is false just by twisting your words? Well, I'm on camera, so I'm not going to I'm not going to answer that question. Depending at this moment. <laughs> Depending on how they be used against me later on. Depending on how they take your inflation. Please lean in closer to the camera, uh, to the microphone. Hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically. Depending on how they they construe which 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 synonym you use, which uh, you know context you use, you could be accused of making a false statement a whole bunch of different ways. That's why you don't testify. Any good lawyer would have told you do not testify. That's how they get you in all these situations. You plead the fifth. We all saw the Dave Chappelle show when it came to one, two, three, four, fifth. You always <laughs> plead the fifth. <laughs> and that's what people don't say. Just shut up. Shut yeah, up. just be quiet. The only difference between a conviction is a confession or, yeah. or yeah. what you say. Well, that's a good one. So if you, if you look at... That's the truth. That's the only way to get a conviction is if they confess. I got nothing to say. If you look at Barr's actual tweet or or what his statement doesn't tweet his statement on the tweet, <laughs> he was talking about the president addressing tweet. certain yeah. people in the DOJ and making them look bad. But in this case, some of them actually did look pretty bad on their own, and he just addressed oh, they it. They quit after like they're like, oh, we quit because you're you're tampering. No, you're, one of the wit- one of the witnesses was a senator senatorial candidate oh, yeah. for the Democrats and actively the whole trial might get spoke. Kicked out. He spoke publicly about hating Donald Trump in the past. And this guy was admitted to be in the jury. The whole, that is a miscarriage yeah. of how the prosecution handled the, the case. The whole yeah. trial might have uh, might get might get thrown out completely if they do it when they do the when they finish the review of Roger Stone, which just elevates Roger Stone. I mean, yeah. God, I mean he was uh, Johnny, when was he here in Tampa? And we like we videotaped the whole thing and we were in the room and he's just talking. about a year ago. Yeah, about yeah. two th- about two or three years ago. And he's just talking about these crazy stories of what they did when they were young Republicans. And I was like, oh, we had, we didn't do anything like that whatsoever. And like, they were this legit guy was, OGs. Well, he was literally the youngest guy that was named in oh, the Watergate right. scandal. He was like <laughs> the youngest person that was named as having had some that? sort of role in the Watergate scandal. So this guy has literally been in the history books politically oh, wow. for yeah. again the last uh, you know over uh, over forty, almost fifty years. Yeah. So like, do I like the idea? Of, I love the idea of Trump tweeting. I don't think he's gonna stop. I think. They might be a pause now. Now that, and then the real question is: Do you think um, Barr told the White House that he was going to make that statement about Trump's tweeting ahead of time? I think it is. Mm. I don't. I, don't I would think, hope so. I don't think you take um, that that like that that punch without letting the the White House know. Let's be honest. Everyone that has probably worked with Trump has said you're tweeting. You gotta stop. Yeah. You know that they have. You know how people are like. Well, his tweeting. I'm not really a big fan of his tweet, but he does not care. He does not care. He uses that like a like a bat. He really does. He fires it off. He doesn't really care what anyone has to say. Again, we all we all knew this when when, when Trump got into the White House. We he never he lied not, to us saying like, oh, gonna I'm going to be a, the best president we've ever had in regards to demeanor. No, he probably he, said that. They're yeah, going to call exactly. me the great communicator, <laughs> the, the great, best communicator. He was calling the best communicator. Again, the president has never lied. Technically, has never lied to me. I knew exactly what he was going to do. He wanted to, more judges, bigger wall, and fiscal responsibility. Well, that one we're having problems with, but we'll figure that out. Do you, do you think that <laughs> if Barr was wanted to complain about how he talked about his employees, he should have handled the employees better? 
No, I think Barr did what the only thing he could do, which was release a statement saying okay. that I already already made the decision before Trump had made that tweet. Now the Democrats are going to be asking, is there any way that you can prove that you had made the decision beforehand? Beforehand, and he, they're not going to be able to. He's going to say that I made it like the day before, or I made mm-hmm. that day before the tweet came out. So it's just, again, it's just going to be another round of of hearings from the Democrats looking for another needle in Iowa. Like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And with that, Johnny. <laughs> on to the next as you might have noticed wasn't my topic to add to the list uh no but that was a good one no and again it, there's there is this going to be the next political football for the democrats and i think they're starting to uh, once you start hearing those murmurs in the media again all of that comes from people within the machine all right regardless of what side of the machine they're on you know when 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 these pundits right and these spokespeople and these you know all the people you see on these 24-hour news channels start saying things like that it's all because it's coming from within you know one side of the machine or other so you know there bill barr um you know might not be with us much longer he will uh, be with it then he he's not gonna get fired the president i don't know i, think I don't think i i'll make the prediction he doesn't make it to the end of the year well, that might be true. Um, I don't think he'll get fired for this. I think the Trump. I think Trump. If he told Trump ahead of time that he was going to do this, he's not getting fired. Even if he did it, I think Trump respects if the throwing heat, an elbow. I think Trump likes that idea. If the heat gets too to to be too much on the campaign and on bar, he'll let him go. Mm. Okay. All right. Let's uh, bring in, uh, up our table of contents here. A list of topics. Uh, all for transportation again up Ooh. against the Florida Supreme Court again yeah, not looking good one? for those Ready. guys Ready we've out. talked about this uh, over the past couple of shows but again it's uh, you know these little developments are happening and, and uh, little trickles are coming out of Tallahassee uh, of course for those of us who are supremely uh, ticked off at the one and a half percent raise in sales tax um, uh, last year uh, we, we we're certainly happy to see that this might actually be the end of that even though they've already collected uh, quite a bit of money from that uh, 1%, uh, the other half the cent being for the schools. Um, Anibal, you were saying that there's rumors of uh, maybe them giving it another shot, uh, maybe coming back for, for a half cent? So uh, com- County Commissioner Chair Mr. Miller, who is a fan of us all when it comes to talking about other minority groups and their um, lowering of cost of construction, has proposed putting a half-cent tax onto the 2020 ballot in case the Florida Supreme Court strikes down the penny sales tax. I think this is stupid. And all due respect, um, council member, I think it's a ridiculous concept to, uh, to have. I believe council member um, Oberman has already said that she feels that there is no love for another ballot initiative in regards to this. In 2018, it made sense. It was a huge blue wave to like to push for this. It was the, all the petitions were signed. It was millions and millions of dollars in advertising. And I say this again, like I said it before. This was a ill-advised, poorly written, manipulative, and not cohesive um, amendment that was put onto the or initiative that was put onto the ballot that should never have been put on the ballot to begin with and because it was passed I agree that the people wanted to increase taxes for transportation I'll give you that but I refuse to be up here and say that the, that we should be paying taxes towards something that with no representation whatsoever there is no council at the time there was no elected official that was on the board making the decision of where these funds went to that's what pissed off so many Republicans 
I cannot, they're going to make a decision that's going to affect everyone in Tampa because it's not going to affect people in the county, in the rural parts of the county, because they always focus on the core of the city core when it comes to these kind of dollars. And that's the problem. You did not have an elected official that was responsible for making those decisions. They just appointed a, an unappointed board. And Jake last month, last week said it correctly. We already had something like this and people got pissed and they and they took it down. So now you're take you're going <sighs> to the Florida Supreme Court is not going to allow you to pass laws that do not allow for accountability when it comes to taxation of the citizens. Nice. I like it. That's hard to add to, but so <sighs> last week we discussed the uh, the A4 A4T and you said that we should because Tampa is so big, we have some people from out of town that use our roads, use our transit, use our, our infrastructure, that we need to have some kind of tax in place. But do you think that a sales tax is the best way to go about it? So we already have airline taxes. Mm-hmm. If you look at your airplane ticket, it's, it's already there. Hotel taxes, there are a host of taxes that affect only tourists and harvest money from them. Do you think which that... Is, which is okay. probably going to get uh, repealed from the Supreme Court also is, as well. Do you think is, so? There is, is, there is, it's moving down the pike that the, the hotel um, taxes might be removed as well. I, I hope not. I know in Florida, or here, here in this county, like 1987, 1988, they voted in the from 6% to 7% for the purpose of roads. And this is what I never understand when it comes to roads and why they think it's acceptable for the government to tax us more is if you look at the budget, Hillsborough's budget is over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It is a huge... Per annum or... No, it's like a, over a billion dollar budget. I know Manatee okay. County's a little over a, bi- a billion as well, but half of it's in reserve, so they have like a $680 million budget, but okay. you have to have so much in reserves. What I don't understand is like, if you guys look at the overall budget for roads, it's like a small fraction of the budget. A very small fraction of it. You're talking like 10% of the overall budget Okay. budget is for roads construction you're telling me that in like a 1.5 billion dollar budget you guys can't look around and see where you're spending all this extra money from and oh, instead of raising taxes some oh, i agree 100 well if we keep on getting if we keep on having heart directors and and getting fired for misappropriation of funds we would actually be able to find someone to run this the way it should go i think we all agree that the roads in this county and the form of transportation in this country need to expand and need to be better and modernized the problem that i have is that the money that we're giving you now is not being allocated correctly and we're not seeing the fruits of those labors we're seeing buses not being run correctly we're seeing that those the wait times are horrible if your bus that we're paying for doesn't move all the way into the bus lane why am i going to pay for you to have more buses it's it's absolutely ridiculous the goal is to get less cars on the road not more vehicles on the road okay (laughs) again i think this is something and the democrats hit us on this all the time where you don't think transportation is a big deal no transportation is is a huge deal but you're not using the funds adequately that we're giving you exactly for i know that this was not a hillsborough county thing but the um the expressway that they just put in a couple years ago look where like in my opinion that did absolutely nothing for that um, malfunction junction of i4 and and um 275 instead of taking it past that that intersection which causes all the backup they just dumped all the extra traffic into it why didn't they just take it a little bit further to 275 and a little bit past down to dale mabry that would have probably fixed a lot of the traffic in the urban core in what you're talking about 
But they make poor decisions as well. They did. Well, you're talking about the flyover from the port, uh, from the summon to the port. That's to get rid of. I mean, from the summon to 275. Yeah, that's just trying to get out of the way. Yeah, that was that was because that. So the port, a lot of people don't realize. I know, but where they dump, they had the opportunity with the Summon Expressway instead of dumping the traffic right there, right before I I I four and 275. Right. They dump it right there, where the, yeah. the, the backup is. The well, majority of the backup is right there. Well, that's because, again, the trucks have to go either north on 275 or they have to go I-4 out to Orlando or, you know, or 275 south. But they and, could have taken and they were taken. No, the thing was is that because the, the the way the port's designed, and not to get too into the weeds, but the way the port's designed, all those trucks and all that traffic was cutting through Ybor City, um, causing the backup there anyways. And so this was a way to get them out of the the, the, the city streets and get them uh, as quickly as possible onto the various highways. Well, and so a, yeah, it's still poorly designed. I'm not saying yeah, it wasn't, you know, but that's why that they did it in that particular location. It's I, because that's the closest point of 275 and the Selman Expressway uh, and, and the Crosstown to the port. It, it needed to happen. Trucks going through Ybor City was becoming such a problem that the, the, the vibrations of the truck onto the cobbled streets actually helped a building collapse. So, like, Whoa. there was a reason for I know there was a like, legitimate reason why this needed to happen to move those trucks off of 22nd and move them above that for it to be the flyover. Yeah, I, those cobbled streets were never designed for, for no. that tonnage, you know, to be traveling on it. But well, again, to, Amy, to Amy's yeah. point, though, I mean, there's a lot of situations that even if, even if you think that the uh, Selman was properly built, there's a handful of situations that we've got, you know, like 275 in, in West Shore, that's built awfully. So how, how do we go forward with the money we have? How do we re rebuild the project we just spent 10 years and a billion dollars doing? You would think that they would come up with like ideas of futuristic technology or like something that we could do yeah, that they don't, wasn't a train. That, that is a big problem. Uh, the fact that you have one lane, one lane essentially, that dumps you from the Crosstown onto 275. Oh, it's a nightmare. And then you have the other one on the other end of 275 and West Shore where you have 275 going down to two lanes to get onto the Veterans going northbound, which is a, which is a Another funnel there that makes absolutely no sense given the volume of people that have moved into northwestern Hillsborough County. Guys, guys, yeah, guys, guys, guys. It, the government needs another $3.4 million so they can run another study so they well, can they figure do. out where to go to, again to put yeah. this another lane, well, which is not going to become another lane. It's just, it's a waste of government money that they're not doing what needs to get done. And that's why Republicans don't like the idea of giving more money to the government yeah, when we can already see that we're upset with the way that they've been handling it. Absolutely, well, thank the, you. Uh, like, if you look at the main corridors throughout Hillsborough, a lot of it is FDOT jurisdiction yep. and federal highway jurisdiction. Which so we have no control over. <laughs> yeah, we have no control over what they do except for fixing the streets that are around it. And what's bad is they don't have a plan for the main problems that are just county issues. What's happening now is that all the regional transportation departments in this area are just, they're becoming children when it comes to finger pointing and the two <laughs> departments of the two transit agencies in the urban core, I mean there are three million people in the core in this area and we cannot get our ish together when it comes to what to do with transportation and that's because they are just, they're constantly wanting to just get more money, more money without a plan. If you cannot become, you cannot be a leader and ask me to give you more money and be Consider a leader. 
come up with a plan, have buy-in, and if it gets you fired, gets you unelected, then God, that's what happens. But we need real leadership in this county and in this region. And yeah. the, the current crop of leaders are so unwilling to do it. They want to give it to a, a non-elected bureaucratic group of people to <clears throat> make these decisions because they don't have the balls to make up what needs to get done. Well, and they continue to appease the city. Um, and again, the, 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 the city and the people who commute within the city aren't the problem for the congestion. The problem for the congestion of the people who live in the suburbs and the outskirts. If you started no, these County. transportation, yeah, if you started these transportation projects in the outskirts and in the areas where they originate and worked your way in, you'd have a lot more public support. But when it's going to take you 20 to 30 years to get from the city core out to these areas, people are like, why am I going to spend my money on that when I'm not going to benefit any? from it well johnny you and i can have, have the conversation we live in the city core around the city core i don't need a bus or some other form of transportation to get me to downtown what you should be focusing on are people that live in citrus park people that live in new tampa people that live in apollo beach and sun city center but no one's talking about them they just care about if bayshore gets repaved yeah. for the 20th time right. in my lifetime honestly yeah it gets paved every other year but right. then you have places in west tampa you have places in east tampa you have places where uh, that don't get any love whatsoever because the wealthy the wealth of Tampa is not in those streets. It took forever for them to to finally pay Himes forever in front of Jesuit. It took them forever to do yeah. that. And that was a constant rub on our citizens that live in this area. Yep. If you want real transportation, you figure out a way to get people from the north and southern parts of the county into the core. That's what you need to start working on. All right, y'all. Again, thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Uh, you know, we try to bring in some local issues uh, from time to time. And uh, we want to thank uh, your buddy Lance there, uh, Chris, uh, who's in the comment section. Uh, I think it'd be cool to have somebody to come on and talk about Amendment 4. So yeah, Lance thank is yeah, that'd be good. great for Yeah, that. thanks to everybody who's been in the comment section today. It's been very lively. Uh, whether you've been watching through uh, The Yard Sign's Facebook page or the Tampa Bay Young Republicans, again, we appreciate you watching. And Make sure you also subscribe to our audio version on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're going to wrap up uh, tonight's show with a quick announcement. Big event happening in Tallahassee as the young Republicans head to the state capitol for their quarterly meeting. And uh, there's uh, it's going to be a great uh, agenda lined up. And it's also going to be a great opportunity for you to interact with the uh, uh, with your elected officials that you may have heard of, right, if you keep up with uh, state politics, but you may have never had the chance to meet. Well, this is your chance to meet them. Uh, Anibal, tell us a little bit about what's coming up with the uh, young republicans in tallahassee well we are super excited to be having our winter i think it's winter quarterly i don't know it's like i'm wearing shorts right it now. is winter quarterly so, <laughs> it is, i'm it wearing is. shorts but it is our winter, winter quarterly i know so everyone in this table hopefully is going i don't know if chris is going to go yet he's bougie fitty, so he might fitty. fly but uh we're pretty excited for this year for this winter quarterly uh, right now we have representative anthony Sabatine. Sabatine. I, I couldn't see the name. There's so much problems here. Uh, we have the YNF chairman coming down. We have the RPOF uh, chair, uh, Chris Ziegler, coming. And then Senator Ben... Albert. Albert. Albertin? Albert. I can't be told to do this. I don't know these people. He can't, he doesn't, he can't read names. No, it's <laughs> English. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's Vice language. Chair Christian Ziegler. So I think these guys are going to be great speakers, but then also it's going to be a great time to be together with other fellow YR so that we're able to talk about what we want to do to make sure we keep Florida red. So if you're a leader within the community and want to come up to Tallahassee this coming weekend to discuss the plans of how we're able to keep, uh, keep Florida red, um, come up. 
organize uh help us organize and help us keep this uh this place beautiful absolutely also, also i want to throw out i'm from manatee county and i am here for the manatee county and republicans and we are having a membership uh, march membership drive so come out and check us out we meet on the second tuesday of the month and we do need people to join us so come on out and join if you can even if you're a supporting member and not in the age you, you're welcome to come yeah, I know yeah. a lot of young Republicans that are over the age of 40, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're young at heart. I have no idea who you're talking about. You're um, oh. What? No. Why well, is that a dig? I'm, I'm, I just turned oh. 40. Come on now. Snapple. Oh, I thought you turned 29 for the. Uh, that's well, right. Yeah. They're just yeah. annual after You're a while. not over 40 yet. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll correct that in post-production. Um, uh, what, uh, do you know the details for this month's meeting uh, with uh, Tampa Bay Young Republicans uh, here locally? Uh, yes. So the, the meeting is next week at the Barrymore Hotel in downtown Tampa starting at, I think cocktails are at 6, starting at 7. We will be talking about something that's very not passionate in my life whatsoever, but transportation when it comes to uh, what's happening here in Tampa. We are hopefully going to get uh, one of the county commissioners that are on board when it came to the lawsuit and one of the other people, um, Bob Emerson, hopefully. We'll be able to come on board and have a lively discussion of that. We are really excited about it because it's something that's un like right in our backyard. Taxes. It's it's a it's a it's a sexy topic, but needs to be had. <laughs> I love Bob. Actually, I'd love to get Bob on the show. Bob Emerson is yeah. a thug. I love him. That man runs Apollo Beach, and he he is legit. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, thank you again for watching. Again, for more information on the Young Republicans, you've got tbwire.com, ffwire.com, uh, Manatee County. You got your website? What's, uh, uh, well, you can just check us out on Facebook. Yeah, it's just Manatee search County, for it. Manatee County Young Republicans. Do they have internet in Manatee County? Yeah, they do. They do. It's DSL and some places, <laughs> some places dial up. So. Oh, man. Chris, do you have anything to say? Uh, I just wanted to say, so as, part as, as far as the FFWire meeting goes, we're going to be discussing how we're going to get the candidates in office. Yes. So this lends us lends us to the topic of membership in your YR community. If you want to make Florida red, if you want to keep Florida red, if you want these policies to keep benefiting your small business, keep benefiting your freedoms, join your YRs, yes. get active, knock on doors, talk to us. We can put you in touch with people yes. that will get you your your footsteps, your phone calls, your text messages in the right place to keep Florida red. So please come see us. Um, yeah, I mean, I I had an instance where I had to give a, um, a candidate to Jake Hoffman. Yeah. That's a candidate of reaching out to people. Yeah, and, so. and Chris, you've been doing a great job recently when it comes to your, your outreach, when it comes to your um, volunteering. And I give kudos to you for doing what you're doing right now. I know you're a busy man running a business and you, and you still have fine time to be able to give back to the party in the community. Yeah, really. It, it, if you want things to, to get done, you have to do it yourself. So yep. come see us. We'll make it happen together. I always say, be that change you want to see. Precisely. Aww. Yes. That is so <laughs> beautiful. Thanks. Well, and again, I don't want to go into my whole drawn out thing about the young Republicans, but it's been a life changing opportunity for me. And I highly encourage it for anybody else who has even the slightest interest in politics. Um, uh, that's how I meet these crazy people. So anyways, I want to introduce a new element. Actually, this uh, clip that Chris brought in got me so inspired. I want to introduce, you know, how the, the Daily Show does their little moment of Zen. Well, this is going to be the Yard Signs MAGA moment. Here we go. Good night, everybody. The Daytona Fires. Gentlemen, start your engines.
front soaking the speedway, a difficult decision became the only one to make.